Who's going first? We have to introduce the podcast. Should we keep this in? I think we should. It's funny. <laughs> Hi guys, welcome to Better Words. I'm Michelle and I'm from the Unfinished Bookshelf. And I'm Caitlin and I'm from Just a Bookish Babe. And we were about to head into our like, what have you been up to? Catch up. And then we were like, hang on. We should just record, record this. this. Because otherwise we'll have to just repeat ourselves. We haven't seen each other since, like, for a whole, like, week. Probably pretty much for a whole week. And you know what? It's Actually, strange you know for what? us. More. More. More than a week. Oh, yeah. Because I, I have been at Beef Week the whole last week. So it actually is kind of strange for us, especially since doing this podcast because we have to see each other at least once a week theoretically to record the introductions to and these episodes. You know what's weirder is we're barely messaged at all. Because we've both been just You've so, been so busy. busy. Yeah, so we're barely messaged. Oh my god. Um, it was just really funny today, like I sent you a Snapchat after I got acupuncture and some cupping done, which is my first time doing it, so I'll keep you all updated because I'm sure everyone listening to this wants to know about my health. Um... But it was so funny because then you just messaged me and we're like, oh, I've been meaning to try acupuncture. I was just like, oh my God, I feel like I haven't talked to you about random stuff like that yeah, for ages. Exactly. Because we'll just be like, oh my gosh, we need to do this for the podcast. But I we think... haven't done like a random life update for ages. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I know. It's been so, so weird. How have you been? Oh, I've been pretty good. I'm honestly, I just said to Jack actually when I came in that I think I'm more tired than I think from having such a busy week last week because I got home from work. Um, and I was reading a bit of my book. I probably got home at like 5.30. I was reading, I read a bit, but at like quarter to six, I was like, I'll just shut my eyes for a second. And then I opened them again at quarter to seven. Oh. <laughs> so I just had a little nap on the couch. Um, First of all, I'm so jealous of you getting home so early when it's still daylight. <sighs> yeah, but um, I also went to work. When did you go to, when did you get to work today? I started at 10 a.m. See, I started work at 8.30. Yeah, I know, but... The difference does work out, you know. <laughs> it would if it wasn't that I am constantly doing overtime later well, into yeah, the definitely. night. So that's where I'm just, like, weeping silently. Um, tomorrow, actually, so the day this podcast comes out, I am going to be going to try, back to trying, like, a morning shift, and my boss is going to do the late shift. <gasps> yeah. So I'm kind of excited to see how that goes and see if I yeah. actually finish on time. Anyway, guys, it's and just only, like... And just a bit better about it. Because yeah. the weird... I mean, you have been doing, like, uni and stuff in the mornings, mm. but starting, like, at 10 is odd. It's a bit of an odd time, like... You know what just annoys me? Like, I like it, except for the fact that Jack starts at 7, which means that at the moment, like, I feel like we barely see each other because... You're on opposite schedules. Yeah, almost. we're on opposite schedules. And then, like, I just feel like for tonight, example, like, for example... Something, a story broke quite, like, late at, like, 6.30 when I was meant to leave. And so I was at work for an extra half an hour. But it just meant that, like, I had time to come home, have dinner, edit part of this podcast. And then I was like, Caitlin's going to be here. Like, I just, I feel like I just don't have time to stop in the evenings. Mm. It's, like, my day is, like, topsy-turvy. I would rather be busy in the morning and then relaxed in the evening yeah. yeah like last night I did um a really like nice my neck's been really sore so I did like an Epsom salt bath and like put some oils in it and I felt so lovely oh, that's good. and I was like Jack let's just watch a bit of the tv show we've been watching and then you go to bed like early and I'll stay up and do uni that I need to do and I started falling asleep sitting up yeah. so and you know how <laughs> so funny you know how um I know I'm tired as well <laughs> Two things. I've been it's quite like forgetful. Yeah. Yeah, I've been quite forgetful. So last Friday, before I went down to Love Your Day and like to see Chat Ten and stuff, which is what we'll talk about later. Um, so basically I had to get up at five AM to be at the airport for my seven AM flight to Brisbane. On Friday afternoon the internet broke at work. Like it just was not working and what I was doing required the internet. So yeah, I ended up it's 2018. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, ended up, I ended up coming home to work from home because I was like, I, I just cannot do what I need to do. And then I had to finish my assignment. It was mostly done, but I had to look over it again and submit it and everything. And then I was like, oh gosh, I need to pack some stuff. And, um, you know, there's stuff that you just can't forget, even if your outfits are planned and stuff. Like, I was like, I need to remember this medication or like my hair straightener mm. or whatever. Anyway, exactly. I just, oh, don't forget your toothbrush. Like, <laughs> such simple things that you always forget. I was like, okay, I'm going to have a shower and, like, wash my hair so my hair's nice and fresh for the morning. 
I got in the shower, had a really nice shower, like got out, I'd squeegeed like the shower window and everything and was like dried myself off and then I was like, shit, I forgot to wash my hair. So I got back in. What makes this story funnier is that I then was turning, turned the shower off and started squeegeeing again only to remember that I hadn't put any conditioner in my hair. Uh, so you had like three showers basically. Yeah. And then... So tonight, another example, tonight's the second night that I walked up the, to the top of the paid parking um, facility near our work before I realised that I'd already moved my car. <laughs> like, and, and because I did it last night as well when I didn't even park there during the day, yep. Jack was like, when I called him, I had to call him because it was like dark and I was like, I'm probably going to get attacked. So I always call him when I'm walking up there because it's very dark. Yeah. Um, he was like, are you sure your car's up there? Like, yes, it is. I wouldn't do it twice. Like, uh, oh. He and, knew. Yeah. But the, the difference was, like, when I was telling him that, I had the memory, the vision of me walking down in the morning. What I forgot was that when I got my acupuncture done, I was like, I'm going to go move my car now because, um, I'll forget later on. Yeah. And that's how I know that I'm tired. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, what's it's hilarious. so funny is that I have a I'm tired shower story as well what is it last night I um I was due to wash my hair I'd washed it on like Friday afternoon or something and I was like okay now Monday you know every couple of days so um I had a shower last night and I put shampoo in my hair and then did she forget to wash it out no I listen to him this is like the dumbest thing I've done in a while but I then, like, what put shampoo on my hair, washed it all out, and then when I reached, because my shampoo and conditioner bottles are the same, they're different colours, but, like, you know, I have the mm. same brand, most people do. I, <laughs> God, it's like, it's not even that funny, I just got the giggles, I think. Is it because you're tired? Because I go hyper when yeah. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, that would be it too. Um, no, I put shampoo on my hand again, and I was like, <laughs> I've already <laughs> You are losing it. <laughs> I'm gonna have this out. <laughs> Please don't have it out. It's so funny. Okay. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> she's like crying. <laughs> this is okay. So many like tells of how I know I'm tired. This is how I know I'm tired. Yeah. Uh. So guys, okay. Sorry. I'm, we're we're coming really down. Tired. I'm trying to calm down. Okay. I washed. <laughs> oh, I thought the story was finished. No, no, it's not finished. So I shampooed my hair, washed it out, put more shampoo on my hair. <laughs> oh my god. So then I washed my body with shampoo instead of body wash because I already had it. <laughs> and then I conditioned my hair and everything and it was all normal, but that story's not even that funny. It's, it's I actually mean, not that funny. It's like not that funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's the last time, and I told my roommate as well. Oh my god. Were you also like crying so in laughter? Oh not my this bad. I think I'm laughing more because like we're recording this and gonna put yeah. it on the internet for the whole world to potentially could hear it if they ever Googled me. <laughs> the whole world, you know what? I'd actually be quite happy. <laughs> oh totally. But like if anyone ever Googled me, you know, they could find this. <gasps> Me crying, laughing over the fact that I washed my body with shampoo. I've got to say, I think we've discussed worse things on this podcast. <laughs> I mean, we probably have, but oh my god. Okay. Oh, okay. So the reason I've been so busy, apart from work, uh, on Saturday, I'm like, I don't know what day it is. Um, I went to Brisbane to go to the Love Ya 18 day uh, that the Brisbane Writers Festival organised, and it was amazing. So this episode is going to be like me sharing a compilation of interviews I did in a very noisy environment. So um, I've done my best with my meager editing skills, guys, but um, I really hope that you bear with us because the writers that we speak to really do have some amazing things to say, but it was just a very noisy environment. Oh, you know the other thing that happened to me before this? I got to the airport and at 6.30 as my plane was boarding, I realised I'd left my microphone, like my portable mic that I borrowed from work, in my other handbag. And I was just like, yeah. really? Anyway, 
my friend Sharon, who I used to work with and who was at Love Your Day, came to the rescue with another lapel mic. So the audio could have been even worse. Just think yeah. about that. Keep that in mind when you're <laughs> listening. Before we get to that, though, um, I know you've been really busy, but have you been doing anything else lately? <laughs> okay, so I feel like even asking you this is just going to be like, no, I, I haven't. <laughs> yeah, so we did mention in last week's introduction... Um, that we had Beef Week up here in Rocky. So I spent... All Beef Australia 2018, don't say Beef Week. Sorry. They don't like that. <laughs> well, everyone just calls it Beef. Yeah, so, it's Beef. Um, Yeah, Beef Australia Expo 2018, Beef Week, Beef, whatever. Um, Anyway, I was out at the showgrounds, Rockhampton Showgrounds, um, all day, every day, uh, from Monday to Friday, and actually both Saturdays before that, packing up and setting it and getting everything together. Um, so all week, if I, I didn't read a single word, um, I didn't really listen to anything except I think I have, a, I have a Taylor Swift CD in my car right now. Did you just listen to all the country music at Beef? No, I was just at the trade fair, so <laughs> I didn't even get to, ha I wish I took the chance to have a bit more of a look around. I did go for a bit of a walk one day, but I had to be at our store, unfortunately, so I didn't get to see I too many things. Go. Yeah, that's okay. Thank goodness. Like, that many people just... Oh, oh there were so many people there. But Getting it was, to work yeah. was just... Okay, people who were in the city, you were going oh. to be cry laughing at this, but, like, it took me, like, 14 minutes to get to work instead of four. Exactly, like, and that's a huge difference. And I know that, I know that everyone in the city is just like, you guys are oh, weak. Such wusses. But... Honestly, it, like, it's just the honestly, volume of traffic. Yeah. And also, every single car on the road, sorry, not car, they were all four-wheel drives. And, yeah. like, every Everyone single driver. four-wheel drive except us, basically. Well, no, they weren't. It was all people visiting. Yeah. So, like, everywhere I went, like, it's all the streets are back to normal now, but there were just, it was a sea of land cruisers and dirty utes, yeah. and every single driver had an Akubra on. And it was, yeah. I was just like, you're going to be, you're going to be, you're with just cowboys everywhere. It was so funny because, like, you walk around and, like, they're all wearing, you know, their hats and their boots and everything. It was amazing, actually. Even I, when I went to the airport on Saturday morning, Jack yeah. and I were like, oh, there are lots of cowboys here. Yeah. Mm. And there were so many, actually. I had a little bit of fashion envy with um, some of their uh, kids and women in particular, um, but... Because they have, like, really cool cowboy boots that are, like, brown on the bottom. But they're, like, pink and bedazzled on top. And I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> or, like, big bedazzled belts. And it's just like, oh. See, I would never wear it because it's just not my lifestyle. You know, like, it's not who I am. Yeah. But, like, and it's only really okay in this context, for, in my yes. opinion. But that context is their life. So, <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know. It's an interesting it sounds, experience. It's, it's odd to experience when it's not... You know, like, I'm not a farmer. None of my family are, you know, not even, like, my great-granddad was, like, I have no idea if there's any agricultural anything in my family history. Like, I've got nothing. So, it's strange to experience. But, mm -hmm. um, it was very busy. Uh, the only thing I think I did watch, um, during the week is The Voice. Yes, um, when we were at Chat 10... Uh, your aunt did say you did have a fight with your mum about whether to watch House Rules or The Voice. Oh, yeah. So on Monday <laughs> last week, um, I always have dinner at my parents' house um, on Sunday. It's like family dinner Sunday. It's like a new thing. But um, on Monday, I just messaged my parents. I was like, can I come over for dinner? Like, I was already exhausted. I had no food at home. And they were like, yeah, so you can come over for dinner. So we both went over for dinner. And I was like, lying. I, again, fell asleep on the couch um, and was then lying um, in the couch and mum came in and like, you know, like 7.20 or something, put the TV on channel 7. I was like, what are you doing? Like, I already had it on channel 9. She just changed it, like, for the news. And I was like, what are you doing? And she was like, oh, House Rules is going to start in 10 minutes. I was like, no, we're watching The Voice. Like, every Sunday for the past couple of weeks, we've you know, all had dinner and watched The Voice. I was like, what do you mean you're not going not gonna to watch The Voice? It's like the only reality show I watch, really. But I was like, no. And Mum must have just been tired and it came across quite aggressive. <laughs> uh, so I've actually managed to watch a surprising, watch and read a surprising amount of stuff 
even though I'm really busy. Um, so I finally finished I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Yes, oh. it was amazing. I finished it yesterday morning, and it's really inspired me for my the second part of my true crime writing assignment. So yay! yay. Um, and I read lots of Brooklyn on the plane, so oh, I'm actually cool. really close to the end, and it's so good. And I'll talk about that in relation to the movie, like once I've actually finished yeah, it, because I'd only just it. started it when we had our adaptations discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Jack and I've been watching two great crime dramas, so. We watched Wild Wild Country, which is about the... Oh, I actually do kind of want to watch that one. It seems yeah, really interesting. It's do you like it? Fascinating. Yes, it's six episodes long, which I just didn't expect there to be that much stuff in depth. But it's about the Rajneeshi... I hope I'm saying that right. The Rajneeshi cult who... They moved from India and then they set up in Oregon in America and they mm-hmm. basically built this community. It's... And it looks amazing and actually... Oh, it's so huge. Like, I've seen the trailer incredible. on Netflix and there's, like, so many people they and had so many like, houses and facilities. They and... had aeroplanes. They basically... Oh they had their own bank. It's amazing. Oh, wow. So, it's just the story of their rise and fall, I guess, and it's it's incredible. And the what makes it interesting is that they speak to former, like, yeah, they uh, speak former to leaders like... and former cult members. Oh, cool. And... That's what I guess not just a documentary. Like it's, yeah. I mean it is a documentary, but it's not, but just, it's not just historical. From previously, yeah, I it's really interesting things. stuff. Oh, speaking of just previously sourced material, mm. all the different like yes, I am excited about the royal wedding, everybody. But all the different TV specials that they've been showing on TV here, it's just all the fo- same footage re-edited in a different I order. I just haven't even. I haven't. It's not that I'm not excited, but I. No, I'm not. I just, I'm not paying attention. I just, I just to have too much other stuff. Specials. I will probably, you know, check out the wedding. Oh, I'll look at the pictures, but I don't. I don't have space in my mind at the moment for to care about it this much. I have enough to to care about my own life, let alone somebody else's. <laughs> to be honest, like I just at the moment, my life is just like it, it's it's three weeks until we go to Ireland now, and. <laughs> I am desperately trying to save money, but Mm. also just trying to get my life in order. Yeah, before you leave. Yeah, yeah, I've got three big assignments to do before then. Um, Work is, it's still, the new person who will be doing the role that I've been filling in in Mm -hmm. only arrives like three days before we go overseas. So it's basically... a bit of a time crunch, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it's just, I have this feeling of like, you know, when you're just on like the last leg of like a marathon... (laughs) I'm talking like I know what a marathon's like. <laughs> I <Whatever>. don't. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just feel like I don't have the space to to think about it except to look at the, the pictures and especially all the drama with the family and like I wish them all the best, but yeah, I actually really speaking of weddings, to... okay, this is the only wedding I have been paying attention to. Eliza Schlesinger got married. Oh really? Yes. And okay, her wedding cake was a huge white cake. It looked amazing. But there was a little tiny blanche on it. Oh, my God. That's cute. <laughs> and um, they, they're Jewish. And oh, I forget the name of those little caps that they wear. But on the inside of the cap, it had a quote saying, I feel like I'm marrying Noah too. And then Blanche's little face and the oh. day of their wedding. It was so cute. So that's the only wedding I've been paying any attention to. Fair enough. And she looked gorgeous. So I really enjoyed that. Um but anyway, this cult documentary was great. And uh, listeners, if you keep listening, uh, you let me do that again. And listeners, if later blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and listeners later on, um, before we introduce the um, first kind of interview, I do I speak a little bit about Ellie Marnie's talk and how much Wild Wild Country reminded me of the. Garden of Eden community mm. because it's very much like the ideals seem so wholesome at first and then it just descends into something else. Wow. Yeah, it's so great. And then the other show which we've okay, this is what I fell asleep in last night, but we watched three of the four episodes on Friday night before I went to Brisbane. Mm-hmm. At which point I was like, I need to get up at 5 a.m. Jack, we're going to bed. Like, like and he was like, night. but your show's not until nine. And I was like, no, no, I've got to be, I'm going to be at the block, the book thing. Like I was there from like 10 until 5.30. Wow. So like I honestly was busy the whole day and I didn't go to bed until like midnight. So I was just <laughs> so tired. 
Anyway. Don't you hate when that happens, but you're like, this was totally so Oh, it was <laughs> the best day ever. But at the same time, I I just wore myself. I've done more socializing on the weekend than I will do and have done for the past few months. Like, yeah. I, won't, I don't want to see people anymore now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the show we started watching is called Evil Genius. Oh, and I sound of it already. Yeah. So it's a documentary which tells the story of this weird plot I heard it on My Favourite Murder first, but I had conveniently forgotten what happened, so it's all new to me. But basically, it starts with this guy who robs a bank with a collar bomb around his neck, and then it goes off, and he is killed. But he says that he was taken hostage and made to rob the bank, so the documentary kind of goes through uncovering the links to these other people who may have had this plot to rob the bank and force the collar bomb on this person and honest we we are less than 10 minutes from the end and I was like I I can't stay awake and Jack bless him agreed not to watch the rest without (laughs) me which is really nice but already I was like we're gonna have to go back I can't remember what that person was saying because you know when you're trying to stay awake yeah. So, get gaps. Yeah, so I watched some really good documentaries this week. Like, I'm just killing it with the non-fiction at the moment, Netflix. Yeah. That, actually, Evil Genius was one of those things that Netflix, like, notification popped up and was like, we added a show you might like. And I was like, damn right, I'll like that. Thank you. <laughs> oh, it's so Netflix good. Netflix knows me so well. Oh, it really does. Yeah, <laughs> keep, like, the the, tri- the crime dramas on this are really good at the moment. Yeah. Really, really good. Oh, gosh, I haven't even, I don't even know, like, how we're going for time and we can edit bits out, but what I haven't even told you is how Chat 10 went. Oh, no, Which you was, haven't. like, literally the reason I went to Brisbane. So, I went to Brisbane with your aunt mm-hmm. and housemate, Mon, and my mum to go see Lee Sales and Annabelle Crabb live in conversation at the Tivoli, which was amazing. So last time I was there, it was for My Favourite Murder. So it's a great podcasting venue. <laughs> um, and oh, they were just great. They were so great. So they talked about they'd both just um, hosted, like, MC for events with Hillary Clinton. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so they had some really interesting things to talk about, especially with her security and the level of security she still oh, has. so fascinating. Even though she's not a candidate. like it's She's just... still, like, really well-known and famous. Yeah, I know, but, like... It's, they were just saying it's so unusual to see she that level of, like, it's she like presidential. presidential security. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's amazing. Um, and every moment of her time is regimented. Mm. Um, I really, really well, hope. She really doesn't seem like a time waster, does she? <laughs> no, I bet she's no. not procrastinating on Instagram for six hours a night, no. <laughs> just scrolling. No, no, no. <laughs> um, so I, I really, really hope that they post this episode. I hope that they were recording it. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what. It, but I asked a question too. Um, oh. So in case they don't post it, I. <laughs> you know when you're talking to a microphone and you're just like, oh my god, this is how I sound. Like it just was mm-hmm. the weirdest experience. Anyway, I asked them one silly. You would be used to how our voices sound by now. Oh yeah, but we don't get the playback. Like I was hearing it in the speakers, and I was like, oh, oh I gosh. Guess so, yeah. Yeah, so um, I asked one serious and one silly question. I was like, which one do you want? And they said, we'll take both. So I was like, okay, so the serious question is, I'm a journalist and I would love any advice for young reporters, uh, because international listeners, if you, or if you just don't watch the ABC, Annabelle Crabb and Lee Sales are both amazing journalists. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Lee yeah. was like, what's your silly question? And I was like, well, this one's for you, Lee, because I know Annabelle will hate it. Um, if you had to pick one musical soundtrack to listen to for the rest of your life, which one would it be? And unfortunately, embarrassingly for me, I didn't specify, like, I didn't know how to say, like, musical, musical, like, song, like, da-da-da, musical, like, so she was, like, oh, like, it was a little bit confusing because she thought just, like, any music, and I was, like, no, no, like, um, like, musical, like, like a show, or, yeah, oh, theatre, I could have said that, but, like, at the time, because I was just, like, oh, frantic, yeah, Yeah. and, like, I'm in a crowd of, like, 300 people, and these two idols of mine are watching me, I was, like, oh. So, um, anyway, she got in the end. So, um, 
Annabelle's great advice was that you should just um, try everything, um, do every story even if it bores you. Well, I'm ticking those boxes because I've definitely had some stories where I'm like, why am I doing this? <laughs> um, but she also said, like, jump into those challenges that are really scary. Again, tick, that's happening. Um, and also work in a regional centre. And I actually shouted back. I was like, I do, I work in Rockhampton. <laughs> and I was like, it was a hell getting, um, it was hellish getting down here because of Beef Week. And she's like, oh, sales, we missed Beef Week again. And they were just like joking <laughs> about it. So it was really fun. Um, and then after much consideration, Sales said um, that she would pick the Rocky Horror Picture Show because she oh, loves good that, choice. that bit when Frankenfurt are like, comes down in the lift and he's like tapping his foot and yeah so she said she'd pick that that's a great choice really and then she like added in some other things and one of she did mention singing in the rain it was something to do with musical entrances and and it was like you're not she didn't even ask that question you're just making up questions to answer now (laughs) it's so like they are the best they are just they are so good so it was really really funny and excellent and I met them after and I just oh I just love them so much. Um, yeah, so that was that. was that. that was, it was very, very good. And, oh, gosh, if you're not already listening to Chat 10 and, like, if you think that we're in any way interesting, I can assure you Lee and Annabelle, much more interesting, much better conversation, <laughs> much higher quality of uh, intellect. <laughs> um, I will say this before we continue on with, I guess, all the little interviews and discussions you did mm. in Brisbane, but um, when... Um, my parents said, like, oh, mom's gone away this weekend, like, again. Um, because she's, Cause she just went to Sydney Writers' yeah, Festival. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. Um, Jealous. Yeah. But um, my mum was like, yeah, she went away with Michelle this time. And everyone, like, looked at me like, oh, my housemate, my best friend, they're just, like, becoming friends without me, you know, like, sort of look. And I was like, oh, they've gone to see Chat 10 Looks 3. And, like, then I said, I was like, a podcast recording. I was like. Annabelle Cravenly sales, like explaining it all, you know. And my dad was like, Are they both? She was like, So is Michelle just obsessed with the ABC too? Like, because he knows that Mon is and that would be why. And I was like, She's a journalist. And he was like, Oh, yeah. But genuinely, like, they are so funny together. Like, please just listen to, to an episode. Maybe just listen to this Brisbane one if they put it up because their banter like they they're just best it's like us it's just best friends having a chat and they are so funny and they slag each other off all the time and they like (laughs) rib each other and like um so they bought um they bought a cake because it was uh lee's birthday during the week and they bought a cake out and she's like the card says to our favorite monster (laughs) another one that said like the card was like happy birthday slag face like like they're just best friends having a chat and it's like I, I genuinely think you would quite enjoy some of it. Maybe okay. not all of it, but like, yeah, that it's the banter is great. <laughs> it's so fun. It's so fun. I'll make you listen to this Brisbane episode. Okay, if they put it up, let me know and I'll listen to yeah. your question. Yeah, they probably <laughs> cut it out. <laughs> oh, anyway. Oh. Um, all right, I guess we should move so on. So it's time to... for, the, for the interviews. Just keep in mind, we did our best with the sound quality, but you know, it's, it's, part of the experience all part of the fun just imagine you're there so the first speaker at love your day was ellie marnie who we love on the podcast here um and she was talking about her new novel white night we spoke to her last year when we started the podcast and um obviously she was still writing that book so we didn't really get to talk about it as much and since then we've posted a Twitter chat with her about the book when we read it in March when it came out and it was just really great to to go back over that um I think especially since I've been watching a Netflix documentary about a very well-known cult in America um the documentary is called Wild Wild Country and as soon as Ellie started talking about the Garden of Eden community and the um the ideals that it held and, and the way that it's so convincing at the start it really made me think of the um, cult that's the centre of this documentary. So unfortunately, Ellie had to catch a flight pretty much straight away back to Melbourne. And in the rush of like signing and everything like that, I actually missed speaking to her. 
um, but she had a really um, few really interesting things to say about White Knight and um, if, if you're interested in that we will link to my Twitter thread on it because I was um, kind of taking notes on, on that and, and she was in conversation with Rihanna Patrick as well who is um, obviously a great supporter of the Love Oz Way community and was fantastic to finally meet her as well. So that, that was a really interesting discussion. The next panel was Kath Crowley and Steph Bowe in conversation with each other. Now, these two are both huge fans of each other's work and it was so wonderful to see them like sort of fangirling over each other as they spoke. And it was a wonderful, genuine conversation about their writing processes, about their latest novels. And um, it, it was just really wonderful to see two writers having such a connection on stage. So what you're about to hear is um, my quick little interviews with both Steph and Kath. So I spoke to Steph uh, quickly in the green room before the panel and then I got to speak to Kath after. So you get a little bit of an idea of what they talked about and um, Steph shares some really great insight into uh, writing as a teenager, I guess growing up writing. And Kath had some really interesting stuff to say on, um, you know, planning your time as a writer and how you can find time to write. So, um, Steph, what are you going to be talking about today? What's your panel about? Oh, today I'm going to be speaking with Kath Crowley about both of our works. So we'll be talking about things like strong female protagonists, um, all the hope and beauty in YA and basically why it's a wonderful genre it's awesome to write and so you um still working on another novel now or yes, yes? i'm i'm writing another contemporary ya novel at the moment it's the best genre yeah, it, is, it is the best genre and yeah. every time i feel tempted to like oh maybe i'll try writing for grown-ups it's like it's not the same you know you can't um sort of play around with ideas i think in the same way as you can with YA, where there's not so much of like the gender, the gender, genre boundaries. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you have a favourite out of your books? Out of moment? my books? Yeah, can I you think, pick a favourite? I think the latest one's always my favourite because it's, you feel very distant from the person that you were when you wrote your earlier books. Yeah. And you feel like you improve as a writer, at least I feel like I am. <laughs> yeah. um, but I do have a bit of a, a sort of a soft spot for like my first book. Because um, it was written when I was so young, and I just sort of look at it now and think of me as a as a kid writing <laughs> my first book, and how much I I loved it, and how excited I was about writing back then. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously a fan of Kath Crowley yes, as well. Is it exciting as a reader and also as a writer to be now able to talk to your favourite authors and be on the panels? Oh, it's so awesome! Like I got the email <laughs> telling me that I'm, I was going to be um, doing an in conversation with Kath. And I was like, okay, I've got to get all my fangirling out of my system <laughs> because I can't just be like on stage hyperventilating. Yeah. Because um, I mean, I read Graffiti Moon by her. It was my favourite book. I read it when I was 16. I adored it. And yeah, it's, it's awesome because the Australian YA industry is so um, like welcoming and friendly and Kat's an amazing like writer and person. So it's really cool to be able to, to actually meet and, and talk to other writers who I admired when I was growing up. Yeah. yeah. Do you still sometimes have a bit of imposter syndrome though where you're like, I'm such a fan, like how am I up here? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, I sort of have to like turn that part of my brain off because yeah. otherwise I'm just like, oh my God, I don't, want to, I don't care what I have to say. I just want to listen to you talk. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I mean, you mentioned that you wrote your first book when you were quite young, and like you were still a teenager when it was published and stuff. How have you coped with, I guess, growing up and going through the phase we all go through, where we change our views a lot and feel like we grow up a lot into our twenties, yeah. but also having that writing journey too? It's it's funny because I think I both like have a real sort of soft spot for my younger self and I'm quite gentle now with my younger self. I think when I was probably like 19, 20, I was like cringing at myself <laughs> age 15, 16. Whereas now I'm sort do. of hitting my mid-20s and I sort of, I'm like, she did her best. She, <laughs> she did well. Um, and I think it's inevitable that I'm going to grow and change and I imagine that my 35-year-old self is going to look at books I wrote when I was 23 and be like, no. But that's, you know, it's part of life and I think it's 
I don't know, I think sometimes people can dissuade young people from writing because they're like, oh, later on, you know, you're just going to cringe at this. It's like some young people can be good writers, mm. and if you're passionate about writing and want to put your work out there, then, you know, there's not a magical later point where you're like perfect, like you're a perfect writer, you know exactly what you believe in, and, you know, you're not going to change your mind later on. Everyone's always in a state of flux. Because yeah, writing really is something that's transitional throughout your whole life and it, it reflects that journey. And um, I had a university question the other day and it was looking at collaboration. And they said, do you think you can collaborate with your younger self? So if you went back and, say, worked on um, one of your books, you know, when, from when you were 15 or any piece of work, do you think that you could sort of collaborate because you're such a different person now? It was such an interesting question. That is so interesting. Yeah. And, um, I think that my younger self would probably love to collaborate because my younger <laughs> self was like really into like the idea of like co-authoring and things like that. Yeah. Whereas I think me now I'm a little bit more of a control freak about my writing. Yeah. So I'd probably I'd probably be like I, I don't know about this 16 year old step. I might edit this heavily. <laughs> so yeah, 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 it's so interesting. Do you have any advice for 16 year old step on oh. writing? And <laughs> oh no, because I think. I think that the person that I was then has helped produce the person that I am now. So I think giving her information might, <laughs> like, if I go, okay, you know, being a published author is not going to be everything you think it's going to be because you have all these terrific ideals. But if I tell her that, that might dissuade her and then there'll be, like, ripples in space-time and then I'll be here and I won't be an author. Yeah, and you'll be sitting in the audience. I'll be sitting in the audience, yeah. which would also be awesome. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it might change the entire... Um, if there's no time travel involved, then the main thing I think I would tell her is that she's doing well. Just I keep think. going. There's such a thing of, uh, uh, that I think a lot of young people experience, I think a lot of people experience in general, of thinking that they have to achieve so much for their life to matter. And it's, you know, you know it's, you're not, you don't count anymore being a published author or not being a published author. There's so much randomness and luck and things yeah. like that. It was really fun watching you too, because oh, you. you could tell you guys loved each other. Yeah, so yeah, I, I loved this work. So we talked about um, we talked about night swimming, um, and within night swimming, we talked about um, how Steph um, creates real characters. So she's got these wonderful characters, Kirby and Iris, um, and there's a love story going on between them. But Steph talked about this idea that she just wanted it to be. Um, you know, a love story that applied kind of to, to everyone. And so when she wrote the characters, she was just writing as if they could be, you know, female, you know, two females, two boys, girl boys, like anyone. Um, and you said your writing process is quite similar in terms of not writing for teens, <laughs> but writing from an idea and exploring that. I do. So I start with the idea. I mean, when we wrote Take Three Girls with Fiona and Simone, we absolutely wrote with a teen audience firmly in our head. And I actually think that book really hits the right note, or with the girls that I've spoken about, um, it does, um, and the boys that I've spoken to. Um, but with Where's Get Blue, I start with an idea, and then I um, go from there. And so then the characters start to populate the landscape. And I am thinking about young people, of course I am, but I'm more thinking about how do young people relate to the idea that I've that I'm interested in how can I explore that through their experience yeah yeah what else did you and Steph talk about <laughs> we talked about um we talked about Steph's home life and I thought that she was she had lots of goats and yeah animals so talking her, about the animals that she creates yeah <laughs> the animals that she because her characters are so fantastic and the part of the characters really in the book are the so we talked about that. And <laughs> um, we talked about how Steph got um, her first best book published. So she wrote it when she was 16, got, got it published when she was 17. I hadn't realised that she'd written two books before then, mm. sent them out, had rejections, then sent Girl That Saves Boy, I think is a different title, mm -hmm. to an agent who then placed it with checks. So that was really interesting. We talked about how we both write um, and how we fit it into our day. So she's a night writer and I'm a morning writer. <laughs> uh, so we talked about that. Um, and I liked how you talked about the idea kind of percolating while you're at work or yes. going out your daily life and then just squeezing it in wherever you have time. Squeezing it in where I have time. So I've only got about 20 minutes a day at the moment, but it's actually working for me and I think about it as I'm driving and moving around. Yeah. 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 Um, I loved your discussion too about titles because a lot of people think that, you know, it's a title that you come up with and something that you probably quite heavily stick to and neither of you came up with your titles. No, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and even the book I'm writing, the next one, I don't know what it will As be. It's a working title, yeah. It's yeah. untitled at the moment. 
So yeah. can you kind of recap how Words in Deep Blue came to be and also Graffiti Moon? Yeah, the, the titles. Like the titles, yeah. So with Graffiti Moon, I had called it The Howling... No, I had called it um, uh, Lucy, Ed, um, Dylan and Daisy, Jazz and the Poet Leo, which is quite long. <laughs> and then I mean, it's sort yeah. of along the lines of Gabrielle Williams, the guy, the oh, girl, yeah, the that's... artist in his ex. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I can never get the title <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, it's the guy that... <laughs> yeah. That's such a good book. Um, yeah. So then my um, publisher, Claire Craig, had an idea about Lucy kind of in the sky with diamonds and a riff on the Beatles song, and then we just both decided on Graffiti Moon. Um, yeah. It was on our list. Mm-hmm. Words in Deep Blue came from the States, so mm-hmm. it was just lots and lots of titles in an email that came from the book. Right, so it and Words in Deep Blue isn't in the book, really, so... Mm. Seemed like the best one, and then now I love it. Yeah, yeah, and now it really fits, you think? Yeah, I think so too. And I think Alison, who's a wonderful editor in the States, had this idea for how the title, how it might be placed in the market. Yeah, and what it might look like. And she was spot on. Yeah, excellent. Was there anything else that you wanted to talk about from today's experience? What's it been like coming up to Queensland for this? It's been so great, and this is such a great festival. So, I've had a lovely time, and I've met lots of writers too, which is really nice. So, no, it's been a it's a joy to come and speak to other writers about their craft because mm. it makes you go back to the page with new ideas and a new enthusiasm. So it's really it can good. be really isolating, can't it? <laughs> In your head the whole time. And especially if you're scrabbling around for time to write, it's great to meet other writers who say, no, I am too, and this is how I do it. And that makes you shift your you know, writing time a little bit to work better for you. Yeah. It made me feel so good to hear Ellie talk about how like, sometimes she still thinks that things are crap that she's writing I'm like I yeah. love your stuff yeah so you know that it's not just you then no because yeah. you read other people's work and you're like oh I'm never gonna be that good and it's a nice wake-up call and everyone thinks that so the next panel of the day was with Paula Weston who wrote the Refame series and she was in conversation talking about her new novel or her latest release the Undercurrent, which I haven't had the pleasure of reading yet, but I'm very excited for after listening to t- her talking about her writing process and about the inspirations for certain elements of the novel. It was really interesting to hear her talk about those aspects of writing. And in the green room, I caught up with her and talked to her a little bit about her actual writing process and also the growth of events like Love Your Day in Brisbane. It was really interesting to talk to her about that and the growth of the literature scene in Brisbane, seeing as she was one of the local authors on the day. What are you going to be speaking about today? Okay, I'll be in conversation with uh, Christina Schultz from UQP and we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, my latest book, The Undercurrent, as well as a bit about my writing process and um, and I think just writing in general. Yeah. Can you give our listeners a little bit of an insight into your writing process and what your day looks like? Oh, okay. Writing process... Um, I tend to start with, with characters and a bit of an idea and then um, as I... Because I tend to write thrillers, I like to plot reasonably well in advance if I can. With The Undercurrent, I didn't to start with, and I ended up rewriting the first 25,000 words about 12 times until I got a feel for what was actually happening for these characters and uh, the little nuances of the plot. So that was a little bit different with the Refame series, my, my first series. I plotted a lot more, meticulously, because it was four books and I needed to plan them in advance. So. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's a bit of a mix for me between you know plotting and pantsing and, and thinking all of that characters. Uh, a average day for me, I work full time, four days in a, a day job and one day working on my own business. So I tend to get up and write a little bit in the morning and then I'll go and work all day, come home, maybe do a little bit in the evenings if I have the headspace for it, and then come the weekend I try and set aside a big block of time to um to get back to it. So um, I. I tend to find that if I can get it in my head at the start of the day, that it does stay with me through the day. And I also do find that first drafts are a real, real slog for me, so I quite enjoy the revision process because then I have actually something... You've got something to work t- with. That's right, yeah. something tangible to work with. Yeah. Well, Kath was just saying that too, that like, mm. that dr- like you're driving to work, whatever, you've got those ideas kind of marinating away. Do you yes. find that you write a bit and then, yeah, you're spinning the idea yes. around your head? Yeah, I actually find it really Sorry. helpful <laughs> to have... Um, like I've always wanted to be a writer full time, but to be honest, having to 
like use that part of the brain and then switch it off for a while, it gives that space in the back of the mind to, to work on things. And so I do think that's what happens to me is in the morning I'll think about a plot issue that I need to resolve and then I'll park it for the day and I'll go off and I'll use the other side of my brain for the whole day. <laughs> And then I come back and it doesn't magically fix itself, but occasionally I'll sit down and have a bit of an epiphany about what I need to do. Um, often that happens when I'm driving the car because I do daydream a lot about my characters in between as well. But I do think it's helpful for me, for the way that my brain apparently works, is to have that, that break in between. It happens for me in the shower. And I'm like, yeah. I can't write this down. Or toilet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or just like doing your makeup or whatever. And I'm like, yeah. oh, this would work. Yeah. It's those quiet moments where yeah. you actually just have a bit of stillness. Is it nice to have a festival like this that is getting the attention of some of the bigger festivals in Sydney and stuff in terms of the authors who are coming? Oh, absolutely. But, you know, it's it's home for you? Oh, I'm so excited to hear this festival was on, actually, and the calibre of writers that they've invited. Like, this is one of my favourite writers I'm getting to hear today as well, which is great. Um, but, yeah, to, to separate it out like this and to sort of give it the recognition that it needs for young adult writers and readers, the people that follow as well, and the blogging component is really exciting yeah. too because, I mean, we here in Australia, we have this incredibly supportive blogging community, particularly the, the AusYA crowd, and so to have something like this that brings everyone together and to not have competing sessions, you know, so yeah, $35 to come and see four really amazing sessions. Well, that one's okay. <laughs> um, you know, that's great. It is value. amazing value. And to not be trying to plan your day so that you're missing someone, but you because yeah. a lot of the festivals, um, it's maybe just like one small component. So to have a whole day that's just dedicated to YA is brilliant. Yes, absolutely. I yeah. agree 100%. <laughs> yeah. And do you feel like in Brisbane, though, I guess, the bookish culture is growing even more because it's always been a bit behind Melbourne and Sydney yeah, and yeah. yeah so um, Brisbane Writers Festival is really booming and events like this really help do you think it's kind yeah, of starting to compete? because we need to come together as a community more often I think um, you know you look at the, the, the writing community in Brisbane in um, sorry Sydney and Melbourne and it is much stronger because they've got a much longer history and we've been an outpost for a long time and we'll have great writers that kind of pop up in isolation and occasionally a few of them become friends and you get this little cluster happening and it's it is definitely growing because of because of the blogging community because we have people like redoing the show on ABC Radio um, we have the Brisbane Writers Festival we have other little festivals popping around as well and for the YA community some of those great uh, youth literary festivals like Somerset and Voices on the Coast contribute to that as well so writers get to meet each other and move around and um, it's hard for readers though because a lot of those are school based. Yes, yes so that's you can't right. just. So that's hard too to create a wider community that's not just the yeah. writers themselves. Yeah, and that's where this really there's a there's a gap that needs filling, and this this one day festival is doing that. So let's hope over time it builds to a two, three, four week long festival. You know that would be pretty pretty amazing. So the last two people I got to speak to at Love Your Day were Hazel and Rebecca, the youth ambassadors. It was really wonderful to speak to actual teens because this is what YA is all about. And it was lovely to meet people who were so passionate about reading and about literature because my teenage self would have been so jealous. <laughs> so I thought it was the perfect way to end this wrap up because they have some great insights into reading and also some great recommendations seeing as they got the chance to read all the books of the authors who were featured on Saturday. So tell me a little bit about what you had to do as part of your role. Uh, mostly it was writing for the blog. So it was reading the books that we were given for the authors that were appearing, their most recent books, and then picking the ones that we liked the best or one of the features that we liked in them. And then we could write a review on one, um, like the one we liked the most, and then what we were looking forward to coming here, and then a general blog post, which I chose to do on um, kind of like, if you read this book, then you might enjoy White Knight or yeah. things like that, yeah. with a little description of like how I enjoyed the book. So that was what it mostly was, and then of course doing the little presenting bits today. Yeah. And so what's that been like for you? Is this the first time you've done anything like this before? Yeah, I've never really done reviewing outside of like, like if I had to do an assignment at school. So it has been a like, new experience, but it's been really great because I'm actually putting my opinion out there on things and it's really nice being able to do that and being given that opportunity. And meeting Jean and Pierre and seeing all the other bloggers and stuff around here, has it made you think that you might want to do more reviewing and join yeah, the community? Maybe. I'm 
more of a wanting to be an author kind of person. <laughs> I do like, I'd like to be able to put my opinion out there more. And I mean, I do, I've thought of doing things like on Tumblr and Instagram, doing some reviewing, but then I'm also at the same time, it's like, is anyone actually going to want to listen to that? I always think that and you should just do it. You should just do it because even if you're talking into a vacuum, it's still good. Well I still try, think yeah. that I'm talking into a vacuum, but it's it's really fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And as Jean said as well, it's just a way to express your opinions. And yeah. So has it been a fun experience? It has been. It was a bit nerve wracking at the top. <laughs> so I was like, what am I going to be doing here? But it was fun. It was fun meeting Hazel, who because she's the update ambassador. So tell me, what's been your what is your favourite book to review as part of this, um, and who are you most excited to meet? Well, my favourite book of the ones here, I liked Words in Deep Blue. I wasn't really expecting to because I was thinking it was going to be like really focused on the love story. But then there was like all of this other stuff, the losing the bookshop and all the grieving of her brother's death. And I was like, yeah, this is so much deeper than it sounded like it was going to go. And that's what I did the review on because I enjoyed that one so much. Yeah. So that was probably the best of the ones. And was it good meeting all the authors today? Yeah, I mean, I didn't really meet them so much because I was just kind of with my brother for all of the time. <laughs> but it was really nice hearing them talk and hearing about their experiences, especially since I want to get into writing one. If I can. <laughs> Have you taken any bits of advice away from the, the the talks today? There was lots of good advice there. Yeah, mostly. I mean, I really need to figure out how to edit. So when <laughs> you've got time to do that. Yeah, when Paul was talking and she was talking about how much she hated her first draft and how she would rewrite the first uh, twenty-five thousand words, I was like, yeah, that's good. At least professional authors also hate their first drafts. Excellent. So tell me a bit about how you got this opportunity. So because I've been to the Brisbane Writer Festival events previously, um, I found out from an email list that this opportunity was, they, they ran it as a competition, um, so they said to enter a book review, so I made a video book review of Matched by Ali Kondi, um, and I entered that and I did a cover letter, and then I was selected to be a youth ambassador, which was really exciting, as I actually want to be an author. Excellent! Um, initially why I thought this would be a great opportunity, because I'll be getting to review books and pre-event and helping out and being a part of it which is really exciting. Yeah, and what was your favourite thing to read pre-event? Uh, I loved Steph Boat and Crowley. They would definitely be my favourite. Don't know if I could pick which one, but they're like definitely my genre. That's, I don't know whether I want to write young adult or adult fiction. Obviously at the moment I'm just writing young adult stuff. Um, a bit like Steph said, just kind of yeah, just see where it with, takes you. I don't know obviously where I'm going to end up with writing. Um, but there, I found that really inspiring because that's kind of how I see myself. Because she got published so young, that was very inspiring for me. Like 16, yeah. that's me next year. Um, I can't yeah. imagine like, being at that stage, but I, I'm working on getting there. Yeah. And yeah, what's been the best experience you've had as part of, of this whole um, time being an ambassador? I would say the opportunity to interview Kath Crawley. So I, we did an email interview, so I was able to come up with... 10, 10 or so interview questions and I got to, like, I made them myself and she wrote some fantastic answers for me which was really helpful, really inspiring. And has it made you want to maybe join the book community at all? Oh, definitely. Like, yeah. Especially watching like, book blogging. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that world was out there. Like, um, just opened me up to all these different ideas and giving me inspiration and definitely want to like be more of a, more a part of it. Do you want to do book blogging or booktube? I can imagine doing something like that. I'd probably like blogging for now, but... Yeah. Like you never know, like now I know there's options and people do it. Did you find it interesting listening to Jean and Pierre talk oh, about their blogging too? Yeah. And I love that they're so open to bad reviews. Like, yeah. That that's just, you know, a thing that has to happen, you know, when people do a bad review, that's like, it's necessary. And I get it's kind of interesting when they say this. sometimes the bad reviews help them like they're better, you know? Yeah. Excellent. And what is the piece of writing advice that you kind of took away from all the talks today? Um, I guess for me mostly about shaping character, like what they said, and the whole... Sorry, guys. No, that's okay. Um, never giving up. Yeah. Like, they, obviously, the hardest thing for me when I write is getting through a first draft, which is, like, the same for them. I'll go back and I'll edit one paragraph 50 times, and I, so I get nothing done. So I guess it's just that all of them, like, everyone that spoke today talked about, like, pushing through and keeping on going. So I guess it's just that, that, like, you're not going to succeed on the first time. <laughs> and to know that, like... A lot of them said, you know, it's kind of luck. If you send your manuscript to the right time, just keep doing it. So now it's just giving me a bit of inspiration.